listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Awesome. Like, awesome. Like, wow. Like, totally freaked me out. I mean, right on. Taurus are number one. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 201, where we will be discussing chapter three of City of Fallen, or sorry, City of Heavenly Firebirds. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know where we're at by now, don't expect us to tell you. Yeah. City of Heavenly Fire, <laughs> Chapter 3, Birds to the Mountain. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> I'm like a bird. Oh, I want a flower. Okie dokie. So all the chitty chat and the recap and... All right. I can't see Robin's thumb, but I'm assuming she's gold. (laughs) All right, you guys, in the interest of full disclosure, we pre-recorded the bulk of this episode, and this little bit of our intro is uh, being recorded the day we released this episode. Uh, So, good morning. Yes. Everyone survived the uh, Arctic, the polar vortex. Barely. Yeah. You lost power. I mean. Amanda. I mean, yeah. Which sucked, but that wasn't the worst of it. (laughs) We just, being out of power meant, obviously, we had to try to keep the heat Mm -hmm. around. Because we have a gas fireplace, but when there's no fan to push it, it doesn't really heat much. So we were stuck, the six of us, in our kitchen, family room, dining room area with blankets up to block the rest of the house, which worked, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're lucky that we had the generator that we were able to get going the second day, but we were just going crazy, just bonkers. I'm sure you guys felt the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay. My kids, no, not even William. Just Audrey was going crazy, so she was making me crazy mm. uh-huh. in a loving teenager way, mm-hmm. which is awful to say that now. Don't like that. <laughs> um, the word teenager, obviously, yeah. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't lose power. That was fine. I did a really shitty job buying food because mm-hmm. I got lots of snacks. Mm. And they had soda on sale, but I didn't meal plan, which is why I just reiterated to myself that if I don't make a menu, I'm not fucking cooking. So ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to do that. Nice. <laughs> as we continue on. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't lose power either until like yesterday we lost power. And I was like, well, it, oh, it, this isn't even due to the storm. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. When? Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, we, uh, our pump house froze the first day and we threw a heater out there and thawed it out. And so we, we lost, you know, water for like 20 minutes. Um, oh my God. But awesome. other than Well, that, your electricity is back on now, obviously. I wonder if they were like, we lost power for a couple hours a couple weeks ago because mm-hmm. somebody hit a power pole and they had to turn the power off to fix the power yeah. line. That might have been it, because it was, like, overnight uh, last night, or the night before. Um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, so yeah, we survived. It, I mean, our it was really bad at our house. We got like nine inches of snow and then we got like two. Wow. And then over the next like four days, we got like two, three inches of ice on top. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty yep. gnarly. Um, I mean, my husband has to, he's, you know, an essential worker, so he has to <laughs> go into the office. Um, but he's got a truck and, uh, chains and stuff. And like one day when it was the really icy day, he didn't go in for a couple, like he waited a couple hours to go in. Um, uh-huh. but my mom's water line froze to her RV in the back. Um, oh. so she had to use our bathroom, but. I mean, it was just inconvenient for her, you know. Uh-huh. Right. We had a pipe burst in the garage <sighs> um, to the garage the utility sink. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. It's because we, my my husband had this idea a few years ago where he wanted to make it like a loungy, comfortable mm-hmm. garage. And we had this extra pieces of carpeting. So he put them in the garage except for where I parked my car. And they got soaked. Ugh. And it is really nice because I can go out there without feeling like my feet are mm-hmm. disgusting and have to put shoes on to run out to the garage freezer or something. But so now it just smells like wet Ugh. dog. And it's just awful. And it just, you know, that I'm, I know a lot of people that happen to their whole yeah. house, you know, plumbing yeah. inside. So that sucks. Oof. Yeah, I feel very lucky. I mean, we, we had some damage from some of the trees, but around our house, but but not like uh-huh. not any of big trees. It was like small. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, you know, probably like a seven foot like branch off of one of the birch trees. But it's a birch tree. It's not like a giant, yeah. you know, fir or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we do have really huge evergreen trees, like ridiculously old very very tall evergreen trees right around our house so every time we have a storm i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) knock on wood uh okay knock on wood every everything was fine we were we were really lucky so we had two birch trees on either side of our back deck um that we finally had taken out because they were they were starting to die for some reason yeah and uh, I was always afraid those were going to fall on the house. And they were, like, right. the you know, they weren't huge <laughs> like trees. It's, it's going to bust still. a so window. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our neighbor's tree fell. Like a giant tree fell. Ooh. And I don't know how. This was a couple years ago. There was, like, a huge windstorm. <clears throat> and um, Somehow it landed in their yard backwards and didn't hit anything. Like, not even their fence. It was crazy. Oh, my gosh. So lucky. Uh-huh. Did you see the the one that split that pers- those people's house in, in Portland? Over, like... The one where the guy was in the hospital? No. These... This couple, okay. they were in their kitchen and... Or they were in their living room and they were watching the trees and her husband was like, this one's coming down. And then they moved, and it it crashed like five feet away from them in their kitchen, and they they like took oh my the gosh. news camera inside. They it literally split their house. It was like a split level, right? You know those double, you know the style, yeah. In like southeast, mm-hmm. and it literally right down the middle. It was wild. I was like, oh my god, could you just imagine? So like how, mm-hmm. even with insurance, what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Just everything. Yeah. It's just what a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad. Well, and those people that 
lost their lives with the power cord. Yep. It just and and there's power cord. There's you know. I mean we every single time we have a storm like this in our area, it's it's devastating because it does mm-hmm. it kills people and it, not just you know the the crazy accidents and you know between falling trees freezing temperatures and that's only the recorded deaths we have a lot of homeless people right. in our community and not all of those get counted you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. just it's such a problem we don't have enough warming centers it's it's very it's very frustrating and then, and then, yeah, you know, it's very sad. The the city of Portland spends, you know, like seven hundred thousand dollars to buy rocks, so homeless people can't live under a bridge. I I can't. Mm-hmm. I literally can't. I'm like, you're not gonna yep. put a home a homeless shelter together, like a, a warming center. I mean, like we have all of these buildings that are sitting empty. Anyway, okay. It's zoning. Oh, you know? I'm off. I'm off they my... Can't, they can't live there because it was zoned as a <gasps> You're like, we've already paid for it. We've already paid for it. <laughs> They're literally tearing down a multi-million dollar building because of zoning. It just doesn't... Yeah. Anyway. It... Yeah. So, yeah. But you know what? We are not the only ones. Everybody out, yeah. everybody out there feels just as frustrated as, as we do. Uh, there's a million things going on, a million horrors that we have to see every day. And mm-hmm. so we're just going to, we're going to do our silly little podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Distraction. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, if you have the means, I highly recommend a generator. This one was like $300. It was not Where'd like you get it? break the bank, incredibly expensive. I think Andy got it at like Home Depot. Okay. It was not during the season, of course, because they were yeah, yeah, out yeah. But it was able to power all of our electricity down where we were hanging mm-hmm. out and our refrigerator. That's cool. Oh dang! So yeah, so we did not lose our food. So we were we were very. And was lucky. it how much gas, gas did and it you was have to put in it? He had Andy got one of those small. I don't probably five mm-hmm. gallon would be my guess is what that is, and he didn't have to go get any gas a second. Wow! Time. Wow! Yeah, and we were only without power for a little over a day mm-hmm. and a half. So you know, and we weren't able to use it the whole time, and he turned it off at night, mm-hmm. of course. But um, still, so highly nice. recommend just to have on hand. It was totally worth we, it. We are in the market for a generator. We've been talking about it because mm. you know. We live out in a place where we lose power yeah. all the time. Like, like I said, we were very lucky we didn't lose power. We were fully expecting yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I'll send you a picture yeah, of this so one send to me, see you know the power. Because well, they're so expensive. We've been like, I don't want to spend like $900 on a generator, you know? I know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to ask him where he got it. Maybe he fibbed to me about how much it costs. I doubt it. <laughs> totally that was it (laughs) I love it I love it inflation yeah yeah oh my gosh Uh, does anyone have uh anything lighter (laughs) to end our chat with um have a good day (gasps) oh oh, I have something I have something um Amanda made a, a grave mistake um Oh shit. (laughs) I feel bad for you. Um, you sent me a Harry Potter TikTok. Uh, 
which means (laughs) that you have now welcomed all of the ones I've been holding back and only sending to Robin because they're Harry Potter. (laughs) I mean, hopefully I'll understand them now. You'll understand context by sheer volume of TikToks I sent you. (laughs) I literally saw it and I was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) And a song. You you let the vampire in. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Did you reply to my message, by the way? Kristen? What? What message? Yes, you did. You did. Okay. You did. You did. Because I, she's making me, not making me. No. I'm reading this fanfic. <gasps> I'm so excited. I was like, I swear to God, if something happens, our friendship will end. Yeah, Over this. <laughs> I told her, I told her, don't worry. I would not feed you a dead dove and not tell you. Would never do that oh, to you. That's so sweet. I can't, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I told you, but I I told you that you would read the disappearances of Draco Malfoy and say this needs to be canon. This should be canon. This is my canon. Yes. Uh huh. It's amazing. No one can take that away from okay. me. No. I don't. I'm not finished with it yet, though. I'm not finished. Yes. So, I'm so excited. I'm currently reading one book and listening to a different <gasps> book. So there's that. Depending on what I I'm feel doing. Like, <laughs> I feel like as the years go on and we do this podcast, Amanda like achieves like the next like merit badge in mm-hmm. Thank you. I think <sighs> since um the new year I've read like six books. It's like the Xbox thing. And she achievement unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> But remember, I was locked in a room with four of my children and my husband. Mm -hmm. Well, Andy wasn't here the whole time, but (laughs) anyway. I was listening to a book the other day on Audible, and I was like, gotta be really nice if this had subtitles. It's a fucking book. (laughs) It's a book. That's amazing. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, I love how our brains work. <sighs> okay, I had a little technical difficulty, so I dropped off at the end there. Um, but yeah, so I guess let's get into the episode. Nope. You're already no, off. No, you got to recap. Bitch. Oh, oh, fucking no shit. Bitch. Just kidding. How I thought one dare you? <laughs> All right, Len, let's cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Our newest Bamfy female heroine is waking up in Idris, reeling from the attack on the LA Institute. The Blackthorns and Emma have been assigned to stay with the Penhallows, a.k.a. Council, and yet, somehow, young Helen Blackthorn is tasked at getting Emma up to speed about what she missed while she passed out from trauma. What's been happening, you might be asking? Well, not much. Just the evil incarnate Sebastian has attacked six institutes over the last two days with no other survivors except the Blackthorn kids. Mark is MIA with no way of tracking where he's at. And oh, by the way, your parents found dead on the beach. Mm. Just so you know. 
Emma is clearly inconsolable, and her bestie Julian hands her Cortana, which she cradles in her arms, causing lots of ouchies, as you could imagine. Back in NYC, the main cast is bidding their non-hunter shadow friends goodbye as they make their way to Idris. Clary and Simon have their cute biffle moment, but where we're really all here for is Magnus's dramatic entrance and the scuffle between Alec and his ex that ensues. Alec is standing his ground telling Magnus that he's also part of the reason why their relationship didn't work with all of his secret keeping and taking advantage of the fact that Alec was a naive mortal. In the midst of the argument, Magnus ends up kissing Alec, but they don't end on good terms. Izzy and Simon also get their chance at farewell. Izzy doesn't have a lot of confidence in love and says that she's really bad at expressing her feelings, but somehow is constantly doing so with Simon. (laughs) So we get more of that. They don't necessarily DTR, but Izzy gives Simon her demon detecting, sorry, I don't want to say detaching, necklace, and wishes for him not to date other people while she's gone. So, like, that's kind of bringing the vibe up. Okay. So when the Greymark Fairchilds uh, arrive at Amatis's home, um, they're unsure of what to expect, right? Like, the, the clay of the cops have been through the house, Right. They know there's no like magic bombs or or shit there, but they don't know what it they don't know what to expect. Like, is it going to look like there was a struggle? Like, they don't know what to expect. This is Sebastian they're talking about. The guy is literally evil incarnate. Um, but what they find is eerily like it's eerily untouched as if Amatus just kind of like walked out the front door one day and didn't come back. Right. Which is almost worse than the alternative, in my opinion. It, uh, it worse in the sense that it's more emotional. I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I I think Cassie does a good job of showing how that strange feeling, like how how weird it is, and how much of this like feeling of imposition like kind of coats you and blankets you when you like when someone you know dies and then like you have to go into their space for the first time without them like it's this strict like you feel like an interloper but at the same time like you know that like there's nothing to do Uh about it right like but you walk into someone's house especially like you know in Amatis's case, she's not dead, but she might as well be, uh-huh. right? Like, we know that she's, that who she is is gone. Um, but, like, like, I feel like you feel the loss more keenly when you're faced with their unfinished business. So, like, there's a grocery list started on a pad of paper, or, like, their shoes are by the door, or their makeup's out on their vanity, or, like, something, like, it looks like they're in process of life. Mm-hmm. But you know that they're never going to come back to complete those tasks. Like there's these unfinished daily tasks that don't seem important in our day-to-day lives in terms of like in the grand scheme of things. But they feel so like very important at the mm-hmm. moment. And then when you look at it from that perspective, you're just like, none of it matters. Right. Like at any point, none of it could be finished. Like it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird feeling and having Clary 
even more removed as like she wasn't like she knew Amatis a little bit like she stayed with her but she didn't really know mm-hmm. her know her mm-hmm. but having her witness Luke who she is really close with who she feels a deep connection with but still only know a little bit about his relationship with his sister and like his other part of his life it must feel so strange like she feels so close to Luke but she, there's this whole part of his life that she really knows Nothing about other than, like, the one time he told her a story in jail. Right. Like, (laughs) there's not really a whole lot, you know? And so it's so weird when you're like, I know this person so well. They're my family. I love them. You know, I, I care for them so deeply and I want to be empathetic to what they're going through. But I also have no idea what to do because I don't know anything about this part of their life that they've totally kept hidden from me. So it's just so the dynamics of all the relationships are wild. Are you getting a phone call? (coughs) Nope. Just a dumb message. Oh, okay. Um, Um, I, I don't know if I've ever experienced that really before. mm -hmm. Just because my grandma needed so much care at the end for her. We were kind of doing all of that stuff for her, Mm -hmm. but, and I don't know if I was really like, it felt weird to go through her desk Uh and like her bank statements and just like, it felt weird to go through her documents. Like that's her stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was the same way when Andy's dad died because it was the same with my mom. I did everything at the end, but when his dad died, it was super sudden. And he lived in another state, so we had to go down there and, you know, handle a lot of this stuff, and it was it was crazy. Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a weird fucking but feeling. But I'll it's tell really you guys that feeling. is why I always do the dishes before I go to bed. Because if I wake up in the morning and I'm not actually waking up, somebody's going to have to deal with it. And what if I end up on Dateline and then they're going to see the dishes in my sink? No, sir. No, sir. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sometimes if I decide not to do the dishes, this is how much anxiety I have over it. I will literally imagine them interviewing you guys. Like, she was just so tired. That wasn't like her. She must have been really busy. She would have totally done the dishes. <laughs> we would fully be character witnesses, too. We would fully be those people that are like, all right, Micah said, I got some good shit to say. <laughs> I'm about to lie yeah. my ass off right now. <laughs> I totally. They're like, it, the house looked perfectly clean. And we're like, there was clearly signs of a struggle. <laughs> there were footprints by the door. There was a coat on the floor. No, 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 no. Because her shoes were in her bedroom for some Why reason. Would Why would I ever wear Why? my shoes They upstairs. take their shoes off at the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, detectives, take a seat. We, we'll figure this out. <laughs> Give right, us two right. shakes. We'll be the detectives here, okay? You don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. So, Luke's having a rough go of it. He's still healing an emotional 
and the emotional weight of like coming to stay at his sister's place after like the travel and the hullabaloo it's got him dragging he's like i'm ready for a motherfucking nap (laughs) well and it's also kind of like he's in a way like he cut himself off from shadow hunter life when he decided to number one when he got turned really and then number two especially when he decided to follow jocelyn to new york and then he gets this crazy like window in back where he can be a part of the community again and mm-hmm. reform that relationship with his mom and his or, sorry not his mom his sister and mm-hmm. she just gets stolen from yeah. him yeah well and we get into a little uh, i'm going to say it now because i i feel like i'm going to forget there's also the added element of like his, like, his fiance's son is the one that did this. And his sister was targeted specifically because she was his sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, like, there's a, a, another layer of guilt. Like, if I would have just fucking stayed uh-huh. away, <sighs> then maybe, like, my family wouldn't be in, ta- you know, my sister wouldn't be gone. But, <clears throat> so he's, it's rough. For, for our Lukey boy. And uh, so Clary's like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to uh, give you a leave. moment. <laughs> yeah. And so her room upstairs is unchanged. Um, and as she settles into the, she like catalogs her memories of the room, like the window Jace climbed through, the nightstand where he left her Jean, dear Jane letter, you know, the bed where they slept together, all flowers in the attic style, like so many memories. <laughs> Dude, okay, for some reason, I can't not picture that scene in um, Deathly Hallows where it's. Um, Ollivander, no, sorry, Grigorovich, talking about, like, he came in the night and stole the wand, and then you see the blonde-haired yep. boy, like, whatever, in the window. Like, that's what I see <laughs> yes. as Jace. Spider-Man in the window, yeah. yeah just kind of, like, sitting out. there. <laughs> he came in the window and stole, you know, in the middle of the night. Well, it, I mean, I connect that because it's Jace doing that, because Grigorovich is played, or, I'm sorry, Grendelwald is played by the same actor that plays Jace. Wait, what? It's very, like, onky. It's it's so good. I huh. love it. Didn't even notice. He's also in Twilight. He made the... He, like, he literally has the trilogy. Okay. Like, it's wild. <laughs> he got in every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Little cameo. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, yes, memories. Um... <clears throat> have a little quote quote she hadn't realized how hard it would be to be back in idris new york was home normal idris was war and devastation in idris she had seen death for the first time that's a lie she saw death in city of ashes on the battle on the ship Mm -hmm. well and she technically like i don't know i guess it was a demon but the blue-haired boy and the very first like scene yeah yeah i don't i mm. now i understand what she means by like it was the first time that it really truly like fucked her up because you know there are a lot more people 
and people that she knew died. You know, it was a little more. I guess personal. a war is a little different. <laughs> yeah. But I do appreciate that even though the plot must move forward, right? Like, we can't dwell because this is not what this book is about, right? Um, we get a little bit of time to sit with the ramifications of the war and the trauma that sprouted from it. Like, too often YA fantasy books just kind of, like, the characters shake off death and, like, mm -hmm. tragedy. And they're like, okay, another day, you know? <laughs> so it is nice to see that she's, like, reflecting and that, like her being back in that place is like affecting her mentally and how she like really wants to reach out to her friends and like have them help her ground because they're home mm -hmm. to her, you know? Um, it's just nice. It's just, it's just nice that they have like normal feelings other than just stupidity <laughs> and hormones. <laughs> so, <laughs> But sitting alone with her feelings is about the last thing Clary wants to do. And like I said, she wants, she's like, I need my friends. Um, and she's thinking about it, but she like, she's not going to actually go out and like bounce first thing. Um, although for a while there, I was like, she's going to leave. Like, she's I'm like, is she, is she? No. <laughs> um, the, and so like, I thought what she was doing initially was that when she went to the trunk that Amatis had left at the end of her bed, like full of clothes and stuff. I was like, is she like, what am I going to wear? Uh huh. Like I'm going to sneak out. So like, what am I going to wear to sneak out? Okay. <laughs> at first that's what I thought, but then she's just like pulling it out. And I'm like, are you just like picking out your clothes for tomorrow? Like, is that she's what just we're gotta doing? just got to take inventory. Yeah, so she she opens it and she comes across what she now knows is morning clothes. She thought it was a wedding dress because, you know, but now she knows that shadow hunters do white on funerals, you know. Um, where are we? Oh, and then she notices that it's like a heron pattern around the cuffs of the sleeve on like the jacket. And oh, God, Ugh, because Obviously, because Amatus was a Herondale. So the quote is, widow's clothes for someone who had not been able to call herself a widow. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not crying. You're crying. For Fuck real. You. Poor like, woman. It hit me, like, so deep that, like, she must have had those made. And now, like, she might have had them made before they divorced or whatever but she wore the you know she wore those to his funeral absolutely <laughs> like how yeah. i just my heart like fuck and for for valentine to have taken all of that from her and then his son to now take the rest mm -hmm. of her life fuck yeah. fuck you like seriously up till this point I probably could have forgiven Sebastian for just about anything but like this is where I draw the line <laughs> Amatis is the line that I'm just like oh you you done yeah. fucked up it's like, like I, I would have given you Cartwright all fucking day <laughs> the Lightwood curse right we've heard that before like like hmm? like the shadow hunter thing like oh yeah the Lightwood curse or whatever we can oh, get yeah. into that more in later books but like Amatis, man. Like, the, Cassie did her dirty, Yes. Dude. So dirty. <laughs> like, she was just a character to be able to fuck with somebody. 
Like that was her yeah. role. Amatis is a fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? Or she got fridged. Iced. Um Yeah, so basically it's a it's a term from comic books um where like a female character has something horrible happen to them or gets killed for the sole purpose of continuing a male character's story. So like in this case it it was you know, Steven mm-hmm. and then now her what's happening to her now is now going to give the rest of them you know fortitude to push on and stuff but like it's not why her again yeah yeah she amatis hasn't been able to be like an autonomous character like she's just literally a placeholder (laughs) and it's easy to do that with women characters right and so like that's where the term comes from because interesting you know well and i just like i get I don't understand. Do you think, what's Sebastian's motivation in taking Amatis? Is it because Luke got bitten and fucked over his daddy V-Tang? And so he's like, ooh, I'll get you back by taking your sister? Or, because I don't think Clary was, like, it's not like, ooh, I'm going to hurt Clary by taking Amatis. Or is it hurting Clary by taking Amatis by way of hurting Luke? Like, what was his motivation? I think it was brought up in one of our sections, and maybe it was mine, um, mm-hmm. that it was, they think it was a way to get to, jo- like, hurt Jocelyn by hurting Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Which I <clears throat> think is the most logical train of thought, because I, I think out of anyone, Jocelyn is Sebastian's enemy the like number one enemy mm-hmm. like he hates her more than he hates anybody else um and he would hurt Clary yeah. to get to her but he can't because he's in love with right her. and even then I don't know that he would necessarily hurt Clary directly to get to Jocelyn in that way I I I feel like he would want to draw that out. And I feel like if he were to use Clary in order to hurt Jocelyn, it would be emotionally versus like physically hurting mm-hmm. Clary like and torturing mom that way. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he's more like he wants to like turn Clary against Jocelyn. I think that's yeah. his like his motivation would be to like fuck Jocelyn so bad that like Clary's like I don't even love you anymore and then that would be like the ultimate one over Mm -hmm. on Jocelyn okay okay but I mean he also I don't think he's like sold on that I think if he thought he could pull it off he would but I don't think he necessarily cares as much of like how he tortures Jocelyn just as much as he mm-hmm. does. I gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. I don't know why my brain wasn't immediately thinking that way. Yeah. Because she abandoned him. Mm-hmm. And you know he's got that. Well, we'll get there. But you know he's got that house bugged. Like, he's listening to her. He knows right. what she's saying. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like, he's using some Monday technology yeah. or something. It doesn't work in Idris, right? Electronics don't work there. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Fairy ring or something. So, just as, like, Clary's looking at these morning clothes, Jocelyn pops in to check on her wayward child. And honestly, I don't blame her. Clary is not great at being where she said she's going to (laughs) be. Yes. 
And they discuss Amit- how Amatis like never really got over Steven. Um, and Clary asks her mom, but like she asks a question, but it's not really posed as a question. It's more of a statement. She's like, he- she never got over him. And, uh, and Jocelyn's like, obviously right. not. Like, <laughs> clearly she didn't. Um, and she explains that shadow hunters typically only fall in love once due to the fact that they fall so hard, blah, 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 blah. And then when one partner dies, it's not uncommon for their partner, um, to like follow close behind. And of course, Jocelyn is an exception because she fell in love with Luke after Valentine. However, Jocelyn slithers out of this one by telling Clary that first and foremost, um, she always loved Luke, um, even though she wasn't aware of it. So, yeah. And B, uh, once she got acclimated to the Monday world, she realized that you could heal and love again. And my headcanon is just that this is just exposure to mental health resources. And like, because I fully believe shadow hunters don't abide by therapy. It's like, that's the reason that they can't get over yes. grief. Cause like, they don't know how to grieve. <laughs> They're just supposed to get on with it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, no wonder they fucking die right. of heartbreak. Like, <laughs> So Jocelyn suggests that Clary wear the jacket tomorrow to their meeting. And Clary's like, why? Jocelyn's like, uh, bitch, people died. You're a shadow hunter. You should probably participate in the culture. Like, you've been so up my ass about letting you be a shadow hunter. (laughs) Okay, I have a question. She thought it was Uh a wedding dress. But it definitely Uh said jacket, right? Because that's what I was picturing it was as well. And of course, I'm picturing it like either a mix between like a leather letterman's jacket and a chef coat. (laughs) Uh, Um, uh Why would she have thought it was a wedding dress? Just because it was at first it was just something white. And then she was like, oh, shit, that's a jacket. I think there's a dress and then a jacket over it. I think it's like an outfit. That makes a lot of sense based on the red clothes Sebastian made her wear. Okay, got it. I'm so then I think in their modern world, she'll just like, we're not going to a funeral, but I'm like acknowledging the death and that I am in mourning for my shadow hunter brethren. And so I'm going to wear my jacket to the meeting as like a show of support, Uh but not full mourning clothes because I'm not going to a funeral. Well, and I, I pictured it like a, like a denim jacket, but instead of it being oh. jean, it's more like canvas, like white. Oh, okay. Like a chef structure. <laughs> Moto jacket, if you will. <laughs> I'm imagining white denim. Yes. Like a white denim jacket, which is like, that looks so fucking silly in my head. Uh-huh. Because I'm assuming it's like gear, it. like it's the, the same stuff gear is made out of. That's my right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I really need to watch the TV show. <laughs> it's uh, Jennifer Lopez's pants in that video. Oh my god! When the one where she was wearing what is that? I'm real. Where she's wearing the bandana. She got her hair in a pony. Is it that one or is it? It's like a. It's like white. White pleather pants with like a bandeau white top. Did I get okay, that right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. <laughs> do, 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 do. No, she's wearing like a pink, <laughs> a, a pink short, like pink shorts. Uh, what track suit in that video? Yeah, like silver oh, pants or something. Okay, 
I thought it was if you had okay. my love. Oh. Video. Is the yes, that's what it is. That's the one I was thinking of. Loved this. <sighs> anyway, that is not important, but those are the pants. Right. Anyway, that was a great era of music. I just mm -hmm. gotta say. The millennium was, like, where it was at. It was. We had such a fucking good time. That whole thing was just a party. We were like, it's the beginning of the end. Yes. Party of, like, <laughs> 1999. I remember very distinctly my mom prepping for Y2K. And, like, wow. having everything in the basement. Like, having food. Like, extra food storage. And, like, all that extra stuff. And... Her being so worried about it and me being like, it's a computer. It'll uh -huh. figure it out. <laughs> I was like 11, 12. Aren't the computers new basically anyway? You know, we didn't have a computer. Yeah. I'm like, it's fine. My trust is in technology. <laughs> the Mayan calendar um, is what got my mom. <clears throat> 2012. Okay. Mm. Sorry, please go yes. on. It's fine. Um, okay, so I have a quick sidebar. So I I was just wondering, Clary wearing these morning clothes with the Harrendale family symbol on it, like, is that going to be, like, considered significant? I was wondering that, too. Like, in Shadowhunter culture, is there is, <laughs> is that, like, her claiming him? Or do they not give a fuck? Maybe they know that it's Amatus's. And no one points it I out, mean, right, when sure. they see her wearing it? Uh, it, no. I mean, how small are these cuffs? Like, is anyone really going to realize Fair. it? Unless they're, like, sitting right next to her? And who's well, going mean, to be paying attention came, to her? Some people came up to her. Well, she's, so she's new. Everyone knows she grew up in the Monday world. And she's wearing morning clothes. So, I mean, it would, you're wearing traditional dress. I'm going to, like, check it out. Okay. Right? I mean, I, I would assume that some people would put eyes on her about it. But... Again, in the modern era, these things might not mean as much. I feel like if we were in, um, like, the last hours or the infernal devices, that, like, something like that would mean something. So it just made me question. Is she <clears throat> and then I was just like, can we just have some of that? I, I would like a little bit more Shadowhunter mm -hmm. culture. I would like a little bit of, a, like, something. Give me a little nugget. Get someone to be, like, scandalized yes. that like they're underage and she's wearing his house colors right. like just <clears throat> yeah give me something it's it's almost like these main characters are so far removed from shadow hunter culture we don't get to have that yeah because they're so celebrity status that i feel like they're untouchable so you don't get that same kind of like even though they're gossiping about them they're not going to say it to right. the face yeah for the kids, and then the the parents are, like, excommunicated and, like, shunned, so they're yeah. not going to talk to them. Yeah. So, Clary tries to catch some Zs to no avail. Her mind is throwing up every horrible image uh, to the forefront, like, real and conjured. Stuff she dreamed of, some sh stuff she rem remembers. And sleep is a lost cause at this juncture. So, she goes downstairs looking for her glass of water. 
and comes upon Luke and Jocelyn having a chat in the kitchen. So naturally, she eavesdrops, as you do. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about something that was in the cupboard. And Jocelyn, Jocelyn used to have this thing, but Sebastian was in in possession of it last. And Jocelyn's guess is that it was destroyed when the townhouse got wrecked. So she thought this was gone. In the floating condo. Is what she's referring to. Mm -hmm. And the bachelor pad. And Luke, and she's like, you know, the last time, you know, Clary said she saw it at the townhouse, whatever, that like creepy place where Valentine kept all that shit and like clothes because he thought I was coming back to him and like all that, you know, she feels, it feels like almost like Jocelyn's like starting to spiral Uh a little bit, like this little bit. And then like, looks like... Calm down, right. babe. Like, reminding her that Valentine's gone. Like, he can't hurt you no more. He did. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but my son's not. Like, <laughs> and he's worse, honestly. It's V-Tang yeah. 2.0. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she says, you know, I used to take this box out and cry over it every year on his birthday. I dream sometimes of a boy with green eyes, a boy who was never poisoned with demon blood, a boy who could laugh and love and be human. And that is the boy I wept over. But that boy never existed. Woo-wee. Oh, my. Oh, me, oh, my. So Clary reasons that Valentine, the, the box is what she's talking about. The box was in the cupboard, right? What's in the box? Um, we don't know yet. <laughs> So she reasons that Valentine must have taken the box when he kidnapped Jocelyn because it was in their apartment or OG originally. Um, And then like all the way back in City of Bones and then given it to Sebastian at some point. And Sebastian then in turn left it for Jocelyn at Amatis's house. So this must have been part of his plan when he came to swipe Amatis. In the middle of the Um, night. He snatched her. Right. And the the clave wouldn't have known that it wasn't supposed to be there when they searched Amatis's house. And since it's not evil or anything, mm-hmm. there's no magic to it. They did they just left it. <clears throat> um and so Luke's like, I know this sucks, but we've got to tell the clave about this. And my heart goes out to Jocelyn because like that's the point where she breaks. She's like, I know. Obviously, I know. Um, but she's so upset. Like, she knows that Luke's right. But she's still got a lot of shame over the fact that the threat on their lives and Clary's life and the cause of his sister being targeted is all because of someone that wouldn't even be alive if it weren't for Jocelyn. Like, she's like, I feel so responsible for this person that's in this world who's wreaking havoc on our family. Um, and then the scene ends with Jocelyn declaring, not for the first time, uh, that she should have killed Sebastian when he was a baby, which is harsh. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. I, I get the sentiment. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a hard thing to, like... I'm sure she has a lot of, like, internalized... I mean, knowing that... Okay, obviously, what these meddling kids got up to in the last (laughs) book was crazy. But Mm -hmm. knowing that there could have been a way to burn out the evil in Sebastian when he was young enough... Yep. 
to where he would have been more good than evil because that's what happened to Jace. Like, that sucks. And again, I don't think that's even a point. And furthermore to that, she thought that he had burned, like, he had died in the fire. So it wasn't like she was like, I'm just going to leave you here with your psychotic father and I'm going to go. No. But, like, to me, it would be like lamenting, like, man, I wish I would have known about you know, heavenly fire. And I wish I could have saved him and whatever. But she's like, I should have fucking uh-huh. killed that guy when I had the chance. Right. Right. Damn. Oh, so, um, <clears throat> so the next morning, uh, we're still in Clary's point of view as they walk up to the guard and it's been repaired since the war. Um, it was mostly made out of stone. So there wasn't like, it was just like all like m- cosmetic. Um, but they do have new gates and they're uh, Adamus gates, which is described as like clear, which I'm like, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I refuse to accept that Adamus is a clear material. Uh-huh. It is a foggy, opaque white okay. material I in was my head marbled. and cannot. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know why. But mm-hmm. that's in my head, and it just, I cannot. I'm like, ew, clear. That's so cheesy. Like, I don't know why. I agree with you. It's like quartz kind of in my okay. brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it kind of looks like the clear plastic Y2K furniture. Yes. Which I Thank you. Guess would be like on jelly brand. sandals. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, where am I? Well, okay, okay, so okay yeah. when the when the blades light up, right? Because they they're not mm-hmm. just clear. Is it what what tone is the light inside? Is it warm or is it cool? See, for me, it's it's warm because it's too. heavenly. So so it's it's opaque white, and then once it's like imbibed with the angel name, then it's like a warm like a warm light, right? Mm-hmm. Like something with like a yellow, like a golden glow. I guess I just imagined it to be a color. Like a lightsaber. Oh, like a lightsaber? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, they are basically described like yeah. lightsabers, so. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're supposed to be like harsher, like this cool blue light coming through this clear. Not in my brain. That's like not aesthetic enough. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like I feel like I feel like the angels have more of like a cohesive thing going. So I feel like it would like gold is their their jam. Okay. Do you think it's like maybe a change? The light color changes depending on which angel it is. And they're like, no, I'm a summer, right? Or I'm a winter. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. Gabriel is a winter. <laughs> oh, okay, so they've got these definitely not see-through, definitely opaque white um, Adamus gates, uh, and they're sporting the new and improved Clave logo, which represents uh, the four downworlder factions as well which is super cool. And yes. so we've got a spell book for the warlocks, um, a crescent moon for the werewolves, a star for the vampires, and a like fairy arrow for the fair folk. 
whatever they call that. Like a fairy bolt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that's super cool. And Clary's like, yeah, damn, I'm so good. That's my, that's my work. Except she couldn't think of the stars for the vampires. So I guess somebody else came up with that. At least that's what she says. It was weird. Right. I think Simon might have said something and come up with it. I don't know. I don't remember. So the shadow hunters are all milling about the gates, kind of like before the first warning bell in high school. Like everyone's just BSing in front, like waiting for their friends to get off the school bus or something. And like, <laughs> so you can like make a plan before you head off to your first class. Um, and there are quite a few people throwing side eye their way. As they uh, converge on the gates. And, like, I think the gates are still closed. So I think everyone's just waiting before the meeting starts for them to, like, open the gates. I'm like, this is kind of weird. But, okay. They're just all chilling. And Clary's relieved when she sees the Lightwoods and Jace. uh, But the introduction of Valentine's not-son causes the whispers to swirl faster. And they're really just too famous to be using the public entrance entrance if i'm being honest like why were they not like taken around the back away from the plebeians like come on now and when jace gets uh to clary he questions uh, her morning clothes he's like why are you wearing those and she's like uh you're wearing them um now she gets kind of like she she like goes on the defense when she's when she says that she's like well you are but at the same time i'm like bitch you asked jocelyn the same question when she suggested that you wear them so like of course your boyfriend's gonna be like this is unlike you right like (laughs) mad at him for knowing you (laughs) um but she's like whatever you're wearing them and honestly that's the least important thing going on right now so i'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up and come over here so i can give you the deets of my stealthy spy mission last night uh, okay so jace is putting everything together for clary maris had gotten a message uh that morning from jocelyn they think that Amatus was turned by Sebastian to get to Jocelyn through Luke. Obviously, we talked about that. So when Jace mm-hmm. knew from his time with Sebastian that he had planned to kidnap a shadow hunter from Alicante, but he didn't know who, and obviously he's the one that left the box. So he left, he took off, like, duh. So um, Clary mm-hmm. asks if that's what the clave thinks, but like, like I just said, duh. Like, obviously... If the box is there and you know it was in that apartment, it, it why does I don't know? He's like, no, but that's what I think. So <laughs> whatever, like you know God. that you and I know him better than anyone ever will. So that's that's what happened. And then they heard a bell that, um, and then they just like got in line to go with everyone into the ca- council chamber, and it feels very. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like they hear a bell and then they're just like, like cattle in this line. I <laughs> <Yep>. don't know. <laughs> so do you think like the, the box is basically like tell Cersei it was me? Like it's his calling card? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. also like, hey, remember when you used to love me? You kept this uh-huh. this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is what I think of that uh-huh. love. 
Yeah. Um. <laughs> maximum impact. <laughs> this is okay. Um, so at the beginning of the meeting, Gia lists off the institutes that had been attacked, and obviously there's a lot. And um, it happened so quickly, supposedly, that there were no time to send out any warnings, which again, we have some technology. They couldn't just send a text to someone else. I don't like, okay. Mm -hmm. So every conclave in each of the cities had its shadow hunters turned with the exception of the old and the very young. And those were, they were killed. And I suppose I understand the young, which is awful, obviously. But I feel like when Amatis drank from the cup, she turned into a badass. So, like, the old people might have had that opportunity, too. So. Mm-hmm. Like, super strength. Yeah, exactly. That opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's that the super yeah, soldier exactly. Serum. So, I think it's rude that he killed them, basically, is what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think murder was rude in this case, okay? <laughs> okay, so someone in the crowd asks Gia if by turned, she means slain. And so she explains the undarkened situation. And um, after some murmuring around the room, Gia continues that Viteng wanted to cleanse the world of downworlders, but Sebastian wants to kill them all. And he's planning to use... No. Sebastian wants to kill... Like He's using shadow hunters not only to get rid of them, but to get rid of each other, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like, he's just all around bad. You thought V-Tang was bad is basically what she's saying. (laughs) Wait till you see 2.0. And someone pipes up about not giving up on finding a way to turn the the Indarkins back into regular shadow hunters. And Robert, because he's on the podium too, which is crazy, um, speaks up that there was one of the Indarkin left behind for dead. And so the Silent Brothers are examining him in hopes to find a cure. And at first I thought, like, they left him for dead like he was dead. But no, sounds like he's still alive. He's just, like, not all all there at this time. At this time. So Brother Zachariah chimes into everyone's head that the warlocks of the Spiral Labyrinth are also working on a cure. And someone's like, well, we should totally interrogate the Undarkened guy. Like doesn't that seem like a good idea to everybody? And Brother Zachary is like, uh, yeah, but he's like hardly conscious and he's totally into that cup. So I don't think he would be willing to tell us anything no matter what we did. (laughs) So they have a special bond, he and that mortal cup. So people want to know if this means Sebastian can't be killed now. Like if he has such a big group of, of surrounding him, can we not take him out? And Gia informs everyone that there were six survivors of the LA Institute attack and asks Helen Blackthorn to bring in a witness. So the Blackthorn children plus Emma come in and they're like super sad and they're all wearing borrowed morning clothes that completely don't fit. And they're standing on the stage. Um, And we get this cool little uh, snippet I'm going to read. Uh, Mourning runes existed, but only to honor the dead in the same way that love runes existed, like wedding rings, to symbolize the bond of love. 
You couldn't make someone love you with a rune, and you couldn't assuage grief with it either. So much magic, Clary thought, and nothing to mend a broken heart. It's so true. Nice. It I is true. Sweet. Sad. Sweet and sour. So, Julian is the first to be asked to take the mortal sword. And when Clary realizes that they're actually asking him to hold the sword, she's like, uh, no. He is a child. Yeah, Thank like, you. what is happening here? But Jace tells her, like, dude, he's the oldest of the kids that escaped. Like, we don't have a choice. We have to. You could just believe right? him. Right? Right? What is it? Said Lex Duralex, baby. I guess. <laughs> But he's a child. Like, why would he lie? We're like, no, no, he's he's a black sword. Yeah. We can't trust him. <laughs> Funny, fucking, fucking Benny. Yeah. <laughs> we ruined it for everybody. <laughs> so Robert well, collects wood, the right? sword. And, huh? Benny, they're light woods, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Benny was a lightwood, but he his his he had Tatiana yeah. was she the was one that like thorn. fucked up the whole blackthorn. Yeah. Obviously we know that. Okay, so anyway, Robert collects the sword and passes it to Julian. <laughs> and as soon as his fingers were closed around the hilt, he like shudders. Like I think I think it said it was from the pain of holding the sword, which is crazy. Is it like electro stuff that's like going through his body like it's interesting i feel like the way okay number one i just laughed because the way you said he passed it to him made me think of him saying hot potato that's why i laughed it's not funny (laughs) but the passed it to him here catch anyway i think the way clary described it i could Uh be wrong maybe i'm messing up with a different book because it's like hooks under your skin like pulling the truth out of you like it's yeah like a sucker fish Okay, so Emma sees Julian's little reaction there and starts to, like, make her way forward to try to get to Julian, but Helen catches her and, like, basically has to hold her back. So Gian kneels down next to Julian because he's a freaking child, and this is not a, like, aggressive interrogation. And she asks Mm -hmm. him to tell everyone who is on stage with them. And I feel like this is like the lie detector test where they're like, tell us your name. Were you born in uh-huh. Orange it's County? Like, like <laughs> you got to establish yeah, your baseline exactly. questions. Yeah. Make sure it's working. So he lists off uh-huh. his siblings and his best friend, Emma, he says, along with Gia and Robert. And um, she asks him to tell them what he saw in detail. So he goes into the story about them being in the training room and hearing the attack. And at some point while making his way to the office, Julian saw Sebastian in a red cloak and runes or red gear and like runes on him. And the runes that he noticed were most definitely not from the gray book. And I think he even says like they made me nauseous, Mm -hmm. which is just crazy to think something like that. Right. So um, Sebastian was holding a sword that he held to Julian's father's throat. And um, there were other people with Sebastian also wearing red. But Julian didn't know them enough to be able to identify if they were also shadow hunters. A woman in red gear made his father drink from the mortal cup. And then he fell to the ground and like started screaming. Sounds like in pain. 
And he could also hear his brother screaming too. And Robert's like, which brother? Okay, that's a weird question, I think. Be more constructive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me. And Julian says that it was Mark, which obviously we knew. And then kind of describes the scene in more detail. Mark yelled at them to run upstairs and get out. And then, like, Julian ended up tripping and falling on the top step and looked back behind him and all the, like, minion shadow hunters started swarming Mark. And then his father was standing up and his eyes had turned black and he moved toward Mark just like the rest of them. Like he didn't even know who his son was anymore. Hmm. And Julian's voice cracks because obviously that's I just in the prologue scene. It just because obviously we were in Emma's point of view and the way Julian had said, like, what happened to my father and Mark? I was under the impression that he didn't see anything. Like, he had just gone to the office to make that phone call. Right. So it's, um, obviously, he did end up seeing that it's just awful. Like, it's bad enough it happened, but it sucks he had to watch it on top of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that, like, Emma probably at the time thought she was protecting Mm -hmm. him from. Seeing Mm -hmm. that and then knowing that she didn't and then hearing him say it. Like, it's awful. Yeah, super fucking traumatizing. <clears throat> yes. So she um, is able to, El- Emma is able to escape Helen's grasp and she like runs over to Julian. And Helen kind of like makes that like motion to go get her. Like your child just escaped your grip at the park <laughs> or something. And Gia like holds her hand out in a silent like, mm-hmm. it's okay, stay back. And Emma is clearly TO'd, of course. And she yells at them to leave Julian alone. Like, can't you see you're torturing him? Leave him alone. Julian tells Emma it's okay. They, like, it's okay. They have to do this. Like, he, you know, again, the law is hard, whatever. But Emma's like, no, they don't. Like, they don't have to try you under the mortal sword. I was there too. I'm the one who fucking daggered Sebastian in the fucking chest. I saw him not die. Like, you guys should be questioning me. Why are you questioning Julian? Mm -hmm. I'm the MVP here. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gia's like, just wait. Your turn's next. Don't worry. You're going to have the same opportunity, equal opportunity here as Julian to, you know, state your shit under the sword. And sure, sure. Okay. The sword is painful. You guys are a couple of preteens who just lost their parents and their home, but it's not going to, like, cause any permanent physical damage. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's all it's all good here. We're good. Don't be dramatic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're making, what is it? A molehill out of a mountain, a mountain out of a molehill? Oh, calm down. Love that one. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> you should just calm down. Yes. So Emma walks over. And holds her hands over the sword alongside Julian. And she just is like, it, to me, it's very like, fuck you guys. Fuck everybody that's here. She just jumps yep. in. I stab Sebastian. He evil overlord monologued about how he's basically immortal thanks to mommy Lilith. And that regular shadow humper. humper why? Why did it come out like that? <laughs> shadow humpers? Yes. Why? Shadow Hunter 
weapons won't work on him anymore. Your mere fucking angel blades are no match for Mommy Lilith. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> I laughed and it got me. And remember, this scene is unfolding and we are in Clary's point of view. Still. And so mm-hmm. she, of course, is like, yeah, sounds like something Sebastian would say. Like, th- that checks. And she gets a mental image of the scene unfolding. Like, she can see it playing out in real time. Mm-hmm. And Robert asks Emma if she's sure that um, she's the antagonist in the 1984 smash hit from Bon Jovi. And it was a shot to the heart. Oh, God. <laughs> she's too late. <laughs> yes. And Julian answers for her by saying Emma never misses. She's 12. Yeah. She never misses. Shot to the heart. Sorry. Uh, Indignant preteen. And I mean that with love at the moment. Okay. There's no shade in me saying that. It is all adoration. Uh, Emma says that she knows where the heart is. And then she fucking mean mugs. Robert and Gia. And yeah. says, quote, but I don't think you do. Damn. Then the mic dropped and just fucking reza- reverberated. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> they dropped the mortal sword. <laughs> like, boom, bitch. Yes. <laughs> and then she pulls a Magnus and just fucking beats feet. She runs out the side door. She's like, I'm out. Deuces. Gotta go. Peace, <laughs> bitch. And Cleary is like, Damn. What the fuck just happened? That shit was nuts. And then she quickly realizes that no one is going after her. Like nobody's doing anything. Nobody's making a move to figure it out. And Julian obviously wanted to. Like she can see that kind of torment uh-huh. on his face. But he's trapped holding the sword between the Inquisitor and the console. So he can't do anything. He's boxed in. So Cleary decides this is a job for herself. And she moseys on up to, like, the stage area and kind of backstage, I guess, off to the side. She runs into Aline Penhallow, who's standing off to the side and, like, scowling at what she's watching happening. Mm-hmm. And Aline is kind of like, oh, shit, Clary, what are you doing here? And she is like, Clary answers by saying, like, Emma. And Aline's like, yeah, I tried to stop her, but she pulled away from me. And then she kind of, like, gives Clary too much info, like, personal information, <laughs> but we need it. So I'm glad it happens. Yeah. And she's like, this whole thing's been really hard on all the Blackthorns. Their mom died a few years ago. All they have, like, left now after Andrew was turned is an estranged uncle in London. And this uncle's been offered the position as the head of the... Los Angeles Institute and everyone's hoping like that he's hoping that he's going to accept it and he'll like raise all the kids over there but he hasn't like said yes yet there's been no official word on if he'll take the position or not and Helen feels guilty that she wasn't there when the attack happened to like help or do something and um there's no way that Helen can like watch these kids and like be a mom to them and take over them it's just too much responsibility for her and then like on top of that like added into the mix is emma who doesn't have a single family member left at all she's just alone look for sure for sure i totally understand what she's saying 
For sure, for sure. And if there's an, an older relative that can help, absolutely. Um, I think it's very silly, very silly for Aline to say that Helen cannot yep. step up and manage to raise her siblings. She's a shadow hunter. If she can do shadow hunter shit, she can raise her siblings. And she's... Um, old like she's an official shadow hunter she was on her travel year yeah yeah no she's like a full-blown she's alex age Mm -hmm. she's a full-blown adult Mm -hmm. um so the fact that she doesn't have to worry about finding a job that will support those children and could just run a fucking institute and take care of those kids um or even like in her brain to me just be like, okay, so my uncle can come over and run the institute and I can go exactly. work out of Los Angeles and help with the kids and exactly. do the things. Especially because it seems exactly. like, I mean, we don't know what's happening with Mark, but Julian and Mark were both really good with the kids. So she wouldn't be doing it alone. Right. And and at this point, we don't know where Mark is. So it's it's the five kids. It's the five youngest kids. Mm-hmm. I, Yes, five kids mm-hmm. is a lot. I'm not saying it isn't, but all of them work as a team and have been since their mom died when Tabby was born. So mm-hmm. it's absurd to me that like this is and, and I feel like this has to be Aline's like perspective on uh-huh. the situation. Well, and this I'm cannot assuming be Helen's perspective. I'm assuming like I don't know. I don't. We don't know Aline that well, but she mm. probably doesn't want to be stuck raising kids with Helen. It's probably not what she yeah. wants to do with her which young fully, life. So she's just like, no, Helen can't do that. Which I would fully understand, and like that's your prerogative. But also at the same time, like that's your business then, and you should probably just get the fuck out. Yes. Um. Because if you're not, if you don't love me enough to say well this wasn't what we planned but i guess this is what we're doing then you don't love me yes like mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have you you can't no Th- then you clearly don't love me as much as i need you to love me to be in a relationship with me right and that's okay but well and not like no. again w- let's see they just did we just went over this mm-hmm. but i'm having drew's like eight mm-hmm. right hmm Drew, Drusilla is eight. Yes. The twins are 10 and Julian's 12. It's, I mean, my 13 year old kind of watches herself. She's going to be 13. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they have a tutor that yeah. does all their stuff. Like it's. It's, it's, this isn't, this isn't normal Monday. I need to raise five kids and mm-hmm. make sure that they get to school. They have a governess that, that does their school, a tutor that does their schooling in-house. Your uh-huh. food is all taken. You know, all your, you don't, your basic needs are all met. You don't have to stress out about anything other than just making sure you're present for the kids. And Julian takes care of himself. The twins are self-contained. You really only have to worry about Drew and Tavi. Mm-hmm. And even then. Yeah. They are all used to chipping in because they have a big family, because their mom died, you know, because yeah. they are shadow hunters and their parents are probably not around right. all the time. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I was just like, 
uh, fuck you. If this is Helen's uh, point of view, I'm angry. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. No. I'll immediately know. So, Clary hears all of that and says that she wants to talk to Emma. And Aline's like, oh, well, she only, she will only talk to Julian. She's not going to talk to you. But Clary's like, ah, let me try. Like, please. Like, I want to go try to talk to her. And she leaves with directions to find out where she is from Aline. Like, Aline ends up telling her where she's at. And so Clary goes and follows and finds Emma sitting in a chair propped against a wall in the room. And she notices that she is much smaller and kind of fragile looking up close. Like, she was a very big presence on stage in front of all those people basically telling the clave to stick it up their ass. But up close she is, her hair's a mess, her clothes aren't fitting right, obviously. She looks upset and she looks tiny and, like, sad. She's just a little kid. She's just a little kid. And Clary notices that her voyance rune is on her left hand just like her JC bear and she's holding a sword across her lap and Emma talks first. She like breaks the silence or whatever. And she just says, what do you want? And Clary is like, I just want to talk to you, of course. And Emma narrows her eyes. She's like kind of like side-eyeing her and asks like, Oh, so like, are you here to continue the interrogation without the mortal sword? Like, is that why you're here? And Clary's like, no, no friendly um she's clary tells her that she's had the mortal sword used on her before and it was awful and she doesn't think that they should be using it on the blackthorns and the clave should have found another way to get the information from them like a silent brother could have tried or something but i guess that might have been painful too i don't think so i mean they're so used to it i think I think it was really painful when that happened to Clary because all the silent brothers like joined forces in a beacon okay. of like mm-hmm. whatever yeah. to kind of like break through <laughs> yeah. her mind. They converge like a like a laser. Like the crystal, yeah. Like it was much more intense than like let's say brother Zachariah just being like, let's see what we can mm-hmm. find here. <clears throat> and Emma is like, Yeah, Julian doesn't lie. They should have just been able to trust what he said was fact. And Clary's like, yeah, totes my goats. Um, Julian's your bestie, right? I have a boy bestie, too. His name's Simon. So we're, like, similar people. Wink. Wink. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Emma looks behind Clary, kind of like, where? okay, where's your, like, where's the Simon character? And, of course, she doesn't see him, but it's kind of, like, instant, like, okay, cool, where is he? And so she asks, like, okay, cool, where's your where's your Simon Biffle? And Clary says that he's in New York City, but she really misses him. And Emma says that Julian went to New York once, and she missed him a whole lot when he was gone. And so she told him that he wasn't allowed to leave her ever again. That's how she dealt with that. And Clary pivots to flattery to get Emma to open up more, telling her that her sword is beautiful. And Emma softens at the compliment a little bit and then touches the sword. Uh, and Clary notes the inscription on the blade, which we, I don't know if you read it or not. Hmm. Where it's like the t- same temper and steel as Joy, Use, and Durandal. It says that on the blade. I didn't Cortana. read it this episode. I think it was last episode. <clears throat> Or we we went over it in the prologue. We've, we've mm-hmm. touched on it a couple times. That yeah. is the inscriptions mm-hmm. on there. And yeah. El, <clears throat> sorry. Emma tells her 
much in a way that I'm picturing as like, thanks, it has pockets. Right. Like that's the kind of like, I like your sword. Thanks, it has pockets. Um, sorry, I need water. She's like, it's a famous sword and it was made a really long time ago. <clears throat> Clary's like, yes. Let me guess. It's the same temper and steel as Joy Use and Durandal. Because she can obviously fucking read. And you know what kind of dudes owned those swords? Motherfucking mm, heroes. Right. Motherfucking heroes. Motherfucking heroes. It was like Enrique Iglesias was also added to that list. <laughs> and Emma. How can be your hero, baby? Sorry. Emma scoffs at the comparison, saying like, because obviously Clary's trying to tell her she's a hero or whatever. And she's like, I didn't do anything to save Mark. I didn't save, do anything to save Julian's father. I'm no hero. And Emma tells her, um, sorry, Clary tells her, I wrote that wrong. She's sorry. Like, that. that's like, basically, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Clary knows what it's like to picture someone you love turning into something else. Like, I've watched that happen. Like, they go dark. And obviously, Clary's talking about Amatis. And Emma is like, well, Mark wasn't turned because he has Fey lineage. And she gives Clary kind of a short explanation of the difference between, like, the two oldest Blackthorn children and the other children. She kind of tells her the backstory really quickly about how Helen and Mark have fairy blood. And Clary is still on rocky footing. And she doesn't want to, Emma to think that she's probing really hard. So she, like, name drops Helen. Like, oh, Helen, I know her. <laughs> and asks if Mark is as hot as she is. Or um, she asks, rather, if they look alike. <laughs> she, she doesn't say, like, is, so is Mark as hot as Helen? Mm. Tell me. But she's like, do they look the same? And Emma runs into an ex- explanation on the Blackthorns color palette like they're coloring which i think is very cute and she talks about like they have the blackthorn eyes except for tabby and the color hair and the whole jam and it's basically like symbolizing the symbolizing the ownership and belonging that she feels with the blackthorn family like these are my people i'm telling you about my people and clary goes back kind of like she's like waiting through the trenches here so she goes back over to talk about the takeover of the Los Angeles Institute, confirming about Mark not drinking from the cup and then pondering if maybe, like, she says to Emma, she's like, maybe it doesn't work if you have downwater blood. Like, maybe the infernal cup won't work on you. But inside, she's thinking that she's surprised Sebastian would give a shit about Mark not being like a pure blood. Like, he never seemed to care about that shit before, and especially not how valentine was that's 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 suspicious that's suspicious. weird <laughs> it's sus. <Yeah. laughs> i was trying to do the cardi b voice and it didn't come out right just mm. so you know that's suspicious that's weird um i lost my place just a second clary half holds emma's hand now so she kind of like lays her hand over the like Emma's hand and asks if her parents were turned into it and darkened. And Emma tells her about them being out of the Institute at the time of the attack and how she wishes that she would have gone with them. And Clary's like, well, thank 
goodness you didn't. Otherwise, you would also be dead, girl. <sighs> and Emma's like, how could anyone even know that, Napoleon? <laughs> yep. And Clary tells her that she can see that Emma is obviously a really good shadow hunter. And if Emma is that good, then it must mean her parents are pretty fucking bamfy themselves. And if something was strong enough to overpower the two of them, they must have been able to get Emma as well. Like, clearly, your family are fucking amazing people. And if, like, the two older ones were going to die, you were also probably not. Whatever. And then she tells her this little quotes, my goats. Heroes aren't always the ones who win. They're the ones who lose sometimes. But they keep fighting. They keep coming back. They don't give up. That's what makes them heroes. Which is, like, pretty impressive for off the uh-huh. cuff. It's almost like she has a writer. Right. It's crazy. Fucking weird. It was, it was good, though. It was exactly what little Emma Carstairs needed to hear. And the girls are interrupted by Jace leaning into the room. And Emma lets out this little squeak that Clary catches, which is fucking yep. cute. And he tells them the meeting's over and Gia is kind of T.O.'d about Clary running back there. Mm. And Jace is leaving and um, Clary tells him that she'll meet up with him later and they can like, you can catch me up on everything I missed. I'll meet you later. I'm not coming with you. Fucking bye. Mm -hmm. And when he leaves, Emma's like, oh, my God, you know, Jace Lightwood. Bitch. Famous. (laughs) Hands down. The best shadow hunter. And Emma, like, quickly points out because she's Clary's like, yeah, we're friends. And she's like, don't you mean boyfriend? Like, she can just sniff out the fact that they're dating. And she's like, so if you know Jace and you acted like that and you're dating, that must mean that you're Clary. And, like, basically her Jace facts leads her to know who Clary is. And then she's like, I got stats on this motherfucker. Well, and she's like, why the fuck did you bury the Uh lead? Like, why didn't you tell me who you were? Claire's like, you didn't recognize me? I'm so famous. Well, and she's she's like, I didn't think you'd know yeah. who I was. Like, who am I? Who am I? And okay, uh, Clary, Clary with your fake mm-hmm. modesty. Yep. Shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> and then on. she is like, yeah, she's like, I didn't think you'd know who I was. And but like, I didn't think you know my name, but I'm glad that you do. Because you can come find me anytime you want to talk about anything. Like, not just about the Institute, whatever you want. I'm here for you. And Jace is also at your disposal by proxy. I'm speaking for him. He can, you know, whatever you want. And Emma is like, since you're Jace's girlfriend, which, by the way, I fucking love the view on that. Clary is always hypervigilant that the whole fucking shadow hunter world is picking her apart for being Valentine's daughter. Like, all eyes are always on her. She's the center of all the controversy. Oh, my God, everybody's looking at me, blah, 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 except not to fucking Emma Carstairs. She's a Jace's yeah. girlfriend. You, you're not fucking shit, girl. And I just love that for them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's like, since you're Jace's girlfriend, uh, you should get a better sword because your sword fucking sucks. <laughs> You need to be a better. She's yeah. twelve. She's looking at Clary, going, mm, "You need to work on like. Do you know who your boyfriend is? <laughs> like, right. If you're gonna date, you're gonna embarrass yourself. <laughs> you have to take out your ponytail and glasses. Right. 
Yep. In the Shadowhunter world by getting a better sword. Because she's like, she just picked up a random one from the Institute and headed out. Yeah. But like, Jace doesn't have an iconic weapon either. I just think it's like, it's cute. I love it. Yeah. And I love that's how she ended it. I like Emma. (laughs) Me too. Mm -hmm. Thus far. Yeah. I was going to say what what, so I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) We don't usually do that at the end of the episode. Um, make sure that next week you read Darker Than Gold. It's chapter four. Okay, for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Um, bye. 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 bye.